so excited to be back with you guys today. Um, if we have not met before, my name is Jason Squires, and uh, just excited to worship this morning. Um, if you can and you're able, would you stand with us as we sing? Of the goodness of God. One more time I will sing 
I will sing of the goodness of God. Amen. Fear, I will lay at your feet. 
Please uh, feel free to take a seat. So good to see you guys. So uh, if you're joining us from Facebook, YouTube, we're really glad you're with us today. Those of you who are here, really glad you're here. And just want you to know you are welcome. Uh, you are loved, uh, that you matter to God, you matter to us. All right? Uh, you know, I believe, I really believe that what our community needs, I believe that what our nation needs is I think it needs the people of God to be renewed. Uh, I think it needs uh, churches that are experiencing revival. And I think what our community needs, and I think what our nation needs, is it really needs spiritual awakening. I think that we can look to all different kinds of things to solve America's problems, our community's problems. But ultimately, I think that what, what is really needed is spiritual awakening in our nation, our community, and revival in our churches. Um, I think that God really wants to bring renewal to your life, to my life. I really do. Uh, I, I think that this is something that God really wants for you. I think it's something that God really wants for me. Uh, I, I, I believe, I really sincerely believe that God wants to bring revival to this church. I believe that God wants to bring revival to this church. And I believe that God wants to bring revival to every church. I don't think that this is a matter that I believe God wants that. And I really believe that God wants to see spiritual awakening, spiritual awakening happening right here. I do. I believe that God wants to see spiritual awakening happening in this community and happening across this country. But I believe that there are some things that have to happen. I do. I believe that there are some things that have to happen. And, and, and just a, a couple of things. First of all, let me read for you uh, a verse of Scripture, and then I want to share with you what I believe that is. The Bible says this. It says, For thus says the high and exalted one. That's God, okay? The Lord is high. He is exalted. He is over all things. He is great. He is awesome. For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy. I dwell on a high and holy place. You hear that? That God dwells on a high and holy place and also with the contrite and lowly in spirit. Do you know what it means to be contrite? It means when our hearts are grieved, not by the sins of other people around us, it's when our hearts are grieved by our sin. That's what it means to be contrite. It's not looking at what's wrong with everybody else. It's looking at what's happening in our own hearts. Okay? It's being grieved over my sin, not another person's sin. I think that being what God says, I dwell on a high and holy place, but also with the contrite and lowly of spirit. In order to revive, you hear this? In order to revive 
uh, the spirit of the lowly. That's the humble, okay? The humble. Uh, in, in, in to revive the heart of the contrite. See, what God wants for you and me, he wants us to be, he, he wants us to be brokenhearted over our sin and he wants us to be humble before him. And when that happens, spiritual renewal comes. And when that happens, revival comes to churches. And when that happens, spiritual awakening begins to happen in a community, uh, in a land, in a nation. Uh, Today, what I want us to do is I just want to lead us through an exercise of prayer. I'm going to do it with my eyes open, okay? And uh, But what I want you to ask you to do, encourage you to do, is just invite God to search your heart, okay? Ask God to search your heart. And ask God to test you and to know your mind. And see if there's anything in your life that maybe is, uh, it's, it's kind of eroding your spiritual life. That it is standing between you and the spiritual renewal that God wants to bring into your life. And so, right now, I just want to ask you to think, you know, what, what is it that you need to bring to God? What is it that you need to release to God? You know, is it having a distracted heart, a divided heart? Uh, are there things in this world that you have a greater affection towards than to God? Uh, is there, um, are you looking for your security in your possessions? Are you looking for your significance in your accomplishments? Is there envy in your heart? Is there greed? Uh, is there self-righteousness or pride? But all of these, these are the kinds of things. Is there unkindness? These are the kinds of things where God wants us to really examine and get real with him. God, today what we want to do is um, we want to uh, confess all of our sins to you. Lord, where there is uh, any kind of spiritual unhealthiness, if our hearts are being hijacked by anxiety and fear, if, if our hearts are being distracted by uh, worldly possessions or worldly accomplishment. God, today what we want to do is we want to humble ourselves before you. Because your word tells us that you dwell in a high and holy place, but you also dwell with those who are humble and those who are contrite and brokenhearted over their sin. And so, God, today what we want is we want to confess our sin We want to put aside everything, anything that eclipses our love for you. And Lord, today we want to follow you wholeheartedly. God, we pray for for renewal in our lives. God, we pray today, we pray for revival in this church, in this place. We pray for revival in the churches of this community. We pray for revival at the edge. We pray for revival at Parkway. We pray for revival at First Baptist, at Liberty Christian. We pray, God, uh, for revival uh, in our churches at uh, at First Christian. Um, Lord, we pray for revival in our churches in this community. We pray for revival in the churches across this country. And God, what we pray for is we pray for spiritual awakening right here. We pray that you would put into people's hearts in this community is a hunger and a yearning after you. Lord, help us to be faithful to you as our master. 
God, help us to be faithful in proclaiming the message of the gospel. And God, help us to be faithful in the mission of making disciples. We pray this in Christ's name and for your glory. Amen. All right. Well, uh, today what we're going to do, we are going to return to worship here in just a moment. But what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to greet someone around you. Tell them you're really glad they're here today. Help them feel welcome. And I think it was on Friday we celebrated Earth Day. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was Friday. And uh, I actually celebrated yesterday, went for a bike ride. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. But what I'd like you to do is just ask someone, what is the part of God's creation, that's the earth, what part of God's creation do you, do you feel uh, where you feel closest to God, okay, or where you feel the greatest joy? But just take a moment, uh, ask someone a question, and greet the people around you.
Well, good morning again. This is the worst job of Sunday morning right here. Having to end community. Putting an end to talking. An end to hanging out. Wow. That was actually not as bad as I thought. <laughs> Oftentimes I'm like, you know, I'm like, hello? Hello? You guys doing all right this morning? Yeah. yeah. You guys, in, I make, I mean, it, it's a good day. It's, the weather's fantastic today. Um, we're going to sing, keep, keep singing this morning, and uh, just another song as another reminder that we worship an amazing God, and uh, been constantly reminded of that recently, and um, the chance to come on Sunday morning and sing, sing songs like, God, the battle is yours, um, and this one just says, God, you are here uh, working among us, um, and even if I can't see you, even if I can't feel you, I know that you are here um, and I know, and I know each one of us has a story and uh, an instance, a moment where that might be, have been reminded to you this past week, or maybe you're constantly being reminded of this. Um, but I just encourage you guys to uh, worship this morning. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are the waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you, I worship you, because you are here. Healing every heart, I worship you, I worship you. Sing Waymaker, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are the waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you, I worship you. You are here. God mending every heart. I worship you. I worship you. Sing it out. You are the way. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are the way maker, miracle worker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 
You are the way maker, Lord, the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, lie in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Sing it out, you are the way maker, the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, that is, that is who you are, that is who you are, that is who you are, that is who you are. even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop even if. Even when I don't see it, you're working. God, even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. One more time, way maker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are the way, the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. 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 Heavenly Father, this morning we stand here and we declare that. God, you are the way maker, the miracle worker. God, you are the promise keeper. You are the light in this dark world. God, we love you. This week after Easter, God, we are just excited the fact to worship our risen Savior. We worship you this morning, God, in your name. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome again. Uh, really glad everybody's here today. And, uh, you know, I was talking a moment ago, was talking about uh, about celebrating Earth Day. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Joy and I are actually going to be flying to Montana. And we have a niece who's getting married on Tuesday. Kind of an interesting day for a wedding, don't you think? Uh, getting married on a Tuesday in a barn. How's that? All right. Uh, so we're actually going to stay a couple extra days. I've never seen Glacier National Park. So we're going to go see Glacier National Park, and we'll just celebrate God's creation a little bit more. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt disappointed with God? Okay? Now just kind of think about that. 
Has there ever been a time in your life, maybe something you prayed about, maybe it was for a loved one who was really, really, really sick and they just didn't recover? Or maybe there was like a promise in God's word that you kind of claim for yourself or perhaps for another person. And, uh, it, and things just didn't turn out the way you expected it would or the way you thought it should. Uh, or maybe you've prayed for someone that you really wanted to see them follow Jesus, and instead they've taken a completely different path, and it's creating just havoc in their life, or it's creating havoc in their family. Uh, and uh, I just, But I just want you to kind of think about that, if you've ever gone through that experience. And... Um, you know, when I was a young man, I've been, in, I've been in full-time Christian ministry now for about 40 years. I've actually been doing ministry probably since I was 16, but, but actually in full-time Christian ministry, I've been doing it for about 40 years now. And I remember a time early in ministry, uh, I, was, uh, I was doing evangelism among uh, high school students, uh, was working with high school kids, and at that time I was in Oklahoma. And we had planned this really big outreach event. I say really big in my mind. It was really big. And uh, we were going to bring in this guy named uh, Andre Cole. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Andre Cole. Anybody ever hear of Andre Cole? Oh, okay. Rich has. Joy has, obviously. Okay, okay. Uh, Have any of y'all ever heard of David Copperfield? You've heard of that guy? Uh, Do you know his trick that he did where he made the Statue of Liberty disappear? Do you know that trick? Yeah, he did this. It was a TV special where he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Actually, actually, Andre Cole was the one who helped uh, David Copperfield figure out and design that trick. And so what Andre Cole would do is he would go around to, like, uh, college campuses or high schools, and guys like me would we'd bring him in. And uh, he used to carry a 13-foot replica of the Statue of Liberty. He would make it disappear on stage. He wouldn't tell me how, okay? Uh, but he would make this, this statue uh, disappear uh, and then reappear, and then he would use that as an opportunity to share with people a little bit of his faith story and his journey uh, before Christ, how he came to know Christ, and how uh, Christ really made a difference in his life. And then he would invite other people to follow Jesus. Well, I was like super excited that we were going to be able to bring in Andre Cole into Oklahoma City. And, um, and we had set it up at, at Putnam City North High School, which is a, well, at that time super nice high school uh, in kind of a, a wealthier part of the city. And it was uh, – and we were – so we were going to do this event, and we had put it out to the whole community. And I had been working really, really hard on this event, and I had been praying too. And, and to me, a faith goal for me looked like, you know, I'd like to see 300 people come here, hear the gospel. Does that sound like a good thing? Does it sound like having 300 people to come, hear the gospel, wouldn't that be a good thing? Wouldn't that bring honor and glory to God? And I prayed, I, we, not just me, but we prayed, our team prayed. We worked really, really hard. And I think we had, I'm not even sure, I'm not even sure if we had 100 people. We might have had about 100 people. But it was like in this big auditorium where 100 people feels like 10 because everybody was spread all over the place. And I remember at the end of that event that night, I remember just feeling like so disappointed. Uh, For me, it felt like failure. Uh, And for me, I just felt super disappointed with God because I felt like I had worked really hard. 
I felt like I spent a lot of time praying. And I felt like I didn't really see God do what I expected he would do. I didn't see God do what I felt like was the right thing. And I just felt this, this real uh, disappointment with God. What about you? Has there ever been a time in your life, maybe you have prayed really hard for something, maybe there's been a promise of Scripture that you've leaned on, but things didn't go the way you thought they should or the way you expected. This morning what we're going to do is we're going to open up the Scriptures. If you have your Bible with you, I'd like to encourage you to open up to uh, Exodus chapter 4, actually beginning in verse 29. And uh, I... I Here's the thing, and I've I've said this before. There are some parts of the Bible where the chapter divisions are really, really, they're they're great. I mean, they're they're great. And and the example would be the book of Psalms. Chapter divisions are perfect, okay? Each Psalm has its own chapter division. But there are some parts of the Scripture where the real beginning of the story doesn't begin in verse 1. It actually begins at the end of the chapter before it. And it doesn't really finish... At the end of the chapter, it actually finishes in the following chapter. So today, we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 4, verse 29, uh, all the way down into chapter 6, verse 1. And actually, that's not where the story ends. It's just that this is all I think I can do today, okay? So uh, in Exodus chapter 4, verse 29, real quick, let me give you context. Let me give you context. Uh, Moses was, uh, he had grown up in, in, uh, he had grown up in Egypt. Uh, he had, through a, a series of God's providence, uh, he had ended up being raised in the home of Pharaoh by one of Pharaoh's daughters. Uh, and what he had done is he saw one of his uh, Hebrew, uh, one of his Israelite, uh, you know, fellow Israelites was being mistreated, was being beaten, cruelly beaten by an Egyptian. And so uh, Moses was a man of action. Uh, Moses wanted to be a difference maker. He took matters into his own hand, and he killed the Egyptian, hitting. Uh, and then it was discovered by Pharaoh. Uh, Moses had to run for his life, and he ended up in a place called Midian, where he became uh, a sheep herder, goat herder, for about 40 years. Okay, 40 years. And then God appears to him at this place called Mount Horeb, also known as Mount Sinai, uh, he, God meets him there in this burning bush. And God tells Moses, Moses, I am the God of your, your fathers, of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And I, want, I have heard the cries of my people. I am sending you to lead them to freedom. And what happens in Exodus chapters 3 and 4 is Moses makes excuse after excuse after excuse. The very first excuse Moses makes is he just simply says this, Who am I? Man, I'm a nobody. I've been out here watching sheep for 40 years. Who am I that you would send me to do this? And then God's kind of like, well, it's not about you because I'm going to go with you. And he says, well, what if people ask me, who is this God? What, What shall I tell them? And he tells them, I am who I am has sent you. And he says, well, what if they don't believe me? And then he tells him to perform these certain miracles. And then, you know, he says, well, God, I, I'm a man of faltering lips. You know, I'm not a very good public speaker. And then God says, well, who made the tongue? It was me, okay? And finally, Moses says this, please, Lord, send someone else. 
I mean, the, 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 the real issue here is just Moses had an unwilling heart. He had an unwilling heart. And the Bible says that the anger of the Lord burned against Moses. You don't really want to be in that situation. You really don't want God's anger burning towards you. Uh, finally, Moses submits, surrenders, uh, sends him to meet his brother Aaron, and that's where we pick up. Exodus chapter 4, verse 29. By the way, if you don't have your Bible, you have it on phone, you can look on your phone. We'll have it up on the screen as well. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites. These would have been basically the leaders of the community. They brought together all the elders of the Israelites, and Aaron, who was the brother of Moses, Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people. What were these signs? These signs, if you remember from earlier, uh, one sign that Moses did is he had this, like, I don't know, a staff, you know, like a walking stick. You use it for shepherding, you know, caring for sheep. You know, I guess, I don't know, prod them a little bit, stuff like that. Uh, also, it was used as a weapon to defend yourself uh, or to defend yourself against wild animals, things like that. But he throws it down, becomes a snake, picks it up, which I really wouldn't want to do, uh, picks it up, it becomes a staff again. And then God told him to perform this other sign. He tells Moses, you know, put your hand into your cloak, pull it out. His hand was covered with leprosy. It was a, not leprosy as we think of it today, but it was a, a skin disease that was, was just really, really bad. Okay? Then God says, put it back in your cloak, which I really wouldn't want to put a diseased hand uh, next to my heart. But he puts it back in, pulls it out, it's completely healed. And so what Moses does is he performs these signs for, before the people, and they believed. Wouldn't you? I mean... Right now, Moses were here, and he had this, like, staff, and he threw it down, and it became a snake. Would that kind of get your attention? I mean, it would get my attention. My wife would be moving off to the side, you know. Yeah, and if you saw him put his hand in, bring it out, it's diseased, put his hand in, bring it out, it's healed, it, that would be, you know, I mean, sometimes I wish God would do a sign like that for me, you know. Uh, and so he does this, and it says the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and they worshipped. Now, it'd be perfect if we could end right here, okay? It'd be perfect if we could end right here. But the story continues. Chapter 5, verse 1. After Moses, Aaron went to Pharaoh, who was basically the king of the Egyptians. After they went to Pharaoh and said, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said this. Uh, Egyptian pharaohs were considered to be gods. They were considered to be gods in human flesh. Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? Okay, this is not a question of curiosity. This is not a, oh, tell me more. No, no, no. This is a statement of contempt. Okay? So when you read this, you should see in your mind's eye, you should see a sneer on the face of Pharaoh. Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? Why should I listen to a God of slaves? I do not know the Lord. I will not let Israel go. Then Aaron, Moses said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. 
Now let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now numerous, and you are stopping them from their working. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers. The slave drivers would have been Egyptians, uh, gave this order to the slave drivers, and then the overseers, we'll read later, that the overseers were Israelites who gave leadership to, to the work. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and, uh, and the overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw. Real quick, okay? I uh, don't know if any of you have ever been involved in construction. Anybody here ever do any construction? Okay, a little bit? Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever poured like a concrete slab or you've ever watched the pouring of a concrete slab. Uh, but what they do is when they see concrete by itself is very, very brittle, okay? And so what they do is they'll put rebar, okay? They put rebar into uh, when you pour uh, the concrete, and the rebar is what, what it reinforces the concrete, okay? So if you're in a building and it says uh, unreinforced uh, brick and mortar, you don't want to be in that building if there's an earthquake, okay? You, you just kind of want to get out of there. So, so what they would do is they would make these mud bricks that they would use for building. And what they would put in there is they'd put straw and stubble. It would kind of act like, it would kind of help hold it together, kind of like rebar in concrete. And so it, what uh, Pharaoh says, you're no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go, gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Do not reduce the quota. So basically what they're saying is uh, make the people work double time. Make them do the work of gathering the straw and stubble. Make them do the work of continuing to make the bricks. By the way, they're not allowed to make fewer bricks. They've got to keep making the same number they were making before. Don't reduce the quota, says Moses. They are lazy, talking about the Israelites. They are lazy. That's why they're crying out, let us go, sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. To Moses, to Aaron. Then the slave drivers, the overseers went out, said to the people, this is what Pharaoh says. I will not give you any more straw. Um, I will not give you any more straw. Go get your own straw wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced at all. So the people scattered all over Egypt to gather stubble to use for straw. The slave drivers kept pressing them, saying, Complete the work required of you for each day, just as when you had straw. And Pharaoh's slave drivers beat the Israelite uh, overseers they had appointed, demanding, Why haven't you met the quota of bricks yesterday or today as before? So these guys are just getting pummeled. They're getting beaten. You know? Uh, They're getting um, uh, mistreated. Verse 15, then the Israelite overseers went, they appealed to Pharaoh. Why have you treated your servants this way? Your servants are given no straw, yet we are told, make bricks. Your servants are being beaten, but the fault is with your own people, the Egyptians. Pharaoh said, lazy, lazy 
lazy. That's what you are. Lazy. That's why you keep saying, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Now get to work. You will not be given any straw, yet you must produce your full quota of bricks. Then the Israel overseers realized they were in trouble when they were told, you are not to reduce the number of bricks required for you each day. When they left Pharaoh, when they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron. This is not a happy uh, reunion here. They found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them, and they said, May the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious. Literally, you have made us a stench to Pharaoh and his, his officials. And have put a sword in their hand to kill us. The scripture says, Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord? Why? Why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. You hear this? Disappointment. He was sent by God. Wasn't God supposed to uh, lead the people to freedom? And yet God does nothing. In fact, things get worse. Things get a lot worse. Verse 1, chapter 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do. Underline those words. When God says, Now you will see what I will do. You know, Moses was a doer. Moses was the one who... Who, when he saw the Egyptian mistreating the Hebrew, what does he do? He kills the guy. You know? He's a doer. When God says go to Pharaoh, he goes to Pharaoh. But now, we're going to see what God can do. Now you'll see what I will do to Pharaoh because of my mighty hand. Moses, this isn't about you. Because of my mighty hand... He will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. Four things, four real quick points here I want to make, four life points. Uh, The first thing is this, is um, just something I want you to see in the text here. Uh, And something that you will see really throughout the scriptures is that there is no such thing as untested faith. Okay? Okay? There's just no such thing as untested faith. You know, when, when, the, when the people uh, heard that God was concerned, when they saw the miracles that, that Moses performed, it says that they believed. But immediately after the, they believed, their faith is tested. See, uh, they had heard the word through, uh, they had heard the word through Moses. They had heard through, through Aaron that God was concerned about them. They heard that God was going, to, uh, was going to free them, lead them to freedom. They believed in God. They didn't just believe, they worshiped God. 
But does God do what he says he's going to do? Immediately, their faith, their trust in God is tested. Do you see this? Do you see this happening in the, the scripture here? It's not like they believe God and now they live happily ever after. This is not a Hallmark movie, okay? This is real life. In real life, faith is never untested. Throughout the scriptures, we, we read things, we, we see it throughout the scriptures. Um, one example, uh, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, says this, Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials. Now, how many of you are just like super excited anytime you go through trials or difficulties? Okay? How many of you are just like jumping up and down? Hey, let's have a party. Let's have a party. Let's consider it all joy. I'm going through some trials and difficulties. Now, I don't know about you. I'm the kind of guy who likes to pray away my trials. I want to pray away my trials. And yet the Bible tells us that it's in the trials that our faith is tested. And that when our faith is tested, it produces endurance. And when we let, well, let me just read the scripture to you. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect result. By the way, you always make a decision in every trial. In every trial, in every, difficult, every difficulty, you can choose to be a complainer. Okay? You can choose to be a complainer, or you can choose to let endurance have its perfect effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. This is the reason sometimes people, when they become Christians, you'll see some people, they just grow consistently over a lifetime. But you'll see some people, they become a Christian, and their life remains pretty much unchanged. And a lot of it has to do with their attitude towards trials, suffering, and difficulties. Is it a joy? Is it a joy to let God work in us to change our hearts and minds? Or do we want to just pray it all away? And the truth is, is that faith is tested. And when faith is tested, endurance grows. And when endurance grows, when we let endurance, perseverance um, have its perfect and complete uh, effect in us, then we grow, we become more like Jesus. Where else do we see this in the Bible? We see it in... um, uh, in First Peter chapter 4, it, it, the Bible says this. It says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you. By the way, Peter writing to a group of Christians in what would today be modern-day Turkey. He's writing to a group of Christians who are going through intense persecution. You know what's happening to the people of Ukraine today? You know what's happening to them? It's pretty intense, pretty bad. These early Christians, what was happening to them was intense. Some of them were being burned to death, okay? They were being burned to death. And what does Peter say? He says this, difference, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal. Wait a second, that fiery ordeal is my friends, my family, it is me, it is, our people are actually suffering, some of them are dying, being burned to death. Peter says, "Don't, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. I, I, there isn't an American version of Christianity that, that, that kind of says like this, that, that, that the Christian life is supposed to be kind of like a hallmark life. That's just not what the Bible says. 
I mean, I, I think that we want the happily ever after. And sometimes the happily ever after doesn't come until the after. The ever after. The forever ever after. Okay? He says, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that's come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice. Same thing that James says. Rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. See, our, our hope isn't fixed on this world. It's not fixed on, on the good things of this life. Our hope is fixed on the coming of Jesus and God's eternal reign. That's where our hope is. These, um, elsewhere, elsewhere, elsewhere in First Peter, Peter writes this. In all this, meaning the sufferings you're going to go through, in all this rejoice, though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come to, to, to these have come so that the proven genuous, genuineness of your faith that is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. What Peter is saying is that when we go through suffering, our faith is being purified as by a fire. It's being purified. Um, Let me see if I can put it this way. An untested faith, an untested faith, is not a faith worth having. Okay? An untested faith is not a faith worth having. Because it's in the testing of our faith that we, our lives, are purified by God. It's in the testing of our faith that our lives, our faith is purified. It's in the testing of our faith that the faithfulness of God is revealed. And we fix our hope not on the other side of the trial we're in, but we fix our hope on Jesus who's coming in his kingdom that's coming. Um, second thought, real quick here. Oftentimes when we lean on the promises of God, things get harder before they get better. Okay? Things get harder before they get better. By the way, by the way, just so you know this, God had sent Moses, and God had told him, I want you to lead the people out of Egypt. By the way, Moses, just something you should be aware of as you are leading the people out. I know, this is God speaking, I know, I know that the king of Egypt, you know that guy? I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. God had already told Moses, by the way, It says that Moses and Aaron told all these things to the people. The people knew that Pharaoh wasn't going to let them go unless a mighty hand compelled them. They already knew. They already knew. In fact, uh, again, uh, again, God says, uh, he says this. He says, uh, when you return uh, to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I have done for you, uh, giving you the power to do. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. He had already told them. Things aren't going to go well. Things aren't going to go well. 
Moses has a hardened heart. Not only does he have a heart that's hard towards me, I'm going to harden it more. And then I'm going to compel him with a mighty hand. Okay? I'm going to, I'm going to compel him with mighty hand, and he does, with ten plagues that are devastate uh, the land of Egypt. Oftentimes, things um, get harder uh, before they get better when we're leaning on the promises of God. Um, just yesterday, I was kind of thinking about this, and I was kind of writing some thoughts. And um, related to this, maybe, maybe in my mind only, uh, but I, I just want to share with you a few thoughts that I, as I was kind of thinking and praying and just kind of jotting down some thoughts. I said, Jesus has come and is coming again. Do you know that? Do you know Jesus has come? He came. He came. He died. He rose again on the third day. He presented himself to his disciples. At one time, over 500 people on one occasion. He presented himself to his disciples over and over again for a period of 40 days with many convincing proofs. That's what the Bible says. And then he ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And that's what the Bible says, is that one day Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. Jesus has come, and he's coming again. His kingdom was initiated in his first coming and will be consummated in his second coming. Some of us were looking for consummation right now. Uh, His kingdom was initiated in his first coming. It will be consummated in his second coming. There are promises that God has made that are fulfilled in part now, but will be completely in his second coming. Life on this side of the consummation of Christ's kingdom promises can sometimes feel difficult, Frustrating, discouraging, and disappointing. Anybody who tells you different is selling you something. Okay? But God is faithful. He will fully fulfill all of his promises. He is trustworthy in the good times. He is trustworthy in the hard times. Our part is to trust, follow, and obey him in all things. He will not fail us. He will prove his faithfulness in us and for us. But know this, sometimes things are harder, get harder, before they get better. This doesn't mean that God will not fulfill his promises. It just means that sometimes God doesn't fulfill his promises in our way or in our, uh, on our timetable. See, sometimes what I want to say is, God, your, your will be done. You know how Jesus, before he goes uh, to the cross, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's praying, Lord, if there's any way for this to pass me by, meaning the suffering he's going to face, if there's any way for this to pass me by, let it pass me by. But not my will, but your will be done. I pray that same prayer to God. I just pray it a little differently. I pray that your will, not my will, but your will be done. Just do it my way and on my timetable, okay? You know that prayer? It's like, yeah, God, I want you to have your will... I just want your will my way. I, I, I go back to when Joy and I, we came out here to start this church. And I remember, you know, we were praying, God, how do you want us to invest our lives in building your kingdom? And I remember I felt like God was saying, I want you to plant a church that makes disciples, make disciples that plant churches, plant churches to reach our world. And I remember I thought to myself, church planting, that means we're going to go someplace where there's no church. And we're going to start with absolutely nobody. That means no paycheck. And I remember my response to God was, I don't really want to do that. So what would you like me to do with your, my life? 
That was literally my response to God. And I felt like God said, Gary, I want you to plant a church that makes disciples, make disciples that plant churches, plant churches to reach our world. And I rem- and this was not like, I mean, this was like a, almost like an argument. I don't want to do that, God. So what do you want me to do with my life? And it was like I was trying to negotiate with God. By the way, that never turns out well, okay? I, I have no regrets that we did what we did. I really don't. have no regrets. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Um, Oftentimes, when we lean on the promises of God, things get harder before they get better. By the way, starting this church, we've gone through some hard times. We have. Sometimes things get harder before they get better. Recently, we've been through some hard times. So recently, we've gone through some hard times. With COVID, the, effect, the impact that it had on us as a church, uh, with Matt being sick the way he was, these things have had an impact on us. Sometimes things get harder before they get better. By the way, just telling you today, things might get harder before they get better. But when we trust in God, when we follow Jesus, when we obey Him in all things, things will get better. Okay? Just, just saying. Number three, uh, sometimes when people find their faith tested by adversity, they get angry with God and their leaders. <laughs> This is exactly what happens with, with the people of Israel. They're not just angry with God. They're angry with Moses, you know. You've made us like a stench in the, in, in the nostrils of, of Pharaoh. They're angry. Uh, you know, I think sometimes there are some spiritual leaders who do some really stupid things. I was reading some earlier today, Okay. Sometimes they do. I, I think sometimes there's really a good. I mean, I read today. I, I was just I just scanned the headlines on a couple of things, and I saw two different people, both of them the spiritual leadership did some things that were not just stupid but were criminal, and I'm like, of course, there are times where I think it's legitimate to actually be not just frustrated and disappointed, but maybe even angry with someone in the spiritual leadership. But sometimes when a leader is leading well. Sometimes things still get harder before they get better. And that's when we have to remember who our hope is in and who we're following. We're not following the leader. We're following Jesus. Okay? Number four, fourth thing here. Although, if I do something stupid, you have permission to be angry with me, okay? You have permission to come and talk to me about it. All right? Number four, when you experience adversity and disappointment with God, there's a right way to bring your complaint to God. I, I, I believe this. I believe this. We see it, uh, we see it here uh, at the end of chapter 5. It says, Moses returned to the Lord. Oh, that, that's a good thing. Okay? That is a good thing. When you read that, you should like, oh, Moses returned to the Lord. They just came to him. They were angry with him. But what does Moses do? He returns to the Lord. See, it just said the people, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hands to kill us. Next line, Moses returned to the Lord. That is an important phrase. See, when you experience disappointment, when you experience pain, the best thing you can do is return to the Lord. 
And sometimes the right thing to do is to pour out your complaint to God. Now, I know some of you, you're, you're going to take issue with this, and I'm going to say, read your Bible. That's what I'm going to say, read your Bible. Read through the entire book of Psalms. There's 150 chapters. Read through it. Read. Do you know how many lament Psalms there are in the book of Psalms? There are a lot where the psalmist will bring his complaint to God, but then declare his trust in God. There is a right way to bring your complaint to God. Okay? Why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? This is the prayer of Moses. Why? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you've not rescued your people at all. Then the Lord said to Moses, this is why you should not stop reading at the end of chapter 5. Because it says, then the Lord said to Moses, this is the continuation of a conversation. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will not let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country, out of this country. There's a lot more to be said on this, but we can't go into it today. Okay? Uh, this is like one of those impossibly long passages to preach in one thing, even though it should be preached in one thing. Um, but uh, there's just a lot more to be said. Um, there, when you experience adversity and disappointment with God, there's a right way to bring your complaint to God. All I'm going to tell you is this. If you're feeling adversity today, if you're feeling disappointment today with God, if you are hurting, um, if you're feeling alienated from God because you feel disappointed with Him, do what Moses did. Return to the Lord. Tell Him what's going on in your heart, your mind. God is not threatened. God is not threatened. And sometimes things get harder before they get better. I'm going to go ahead and ask the worship team to come back up. Um, let me pray for us, okay? God, you are great. You are awesome. You are good. You are faithful. And you are great, and you are awesome, and you are good, and you are faithful, not just in the good times, but the hard times as well. Lord, it's easy for us to trust you when everything's going well, but it's really hard sometimes for us to trust you, follow you, obey you when things are hard and we don't understand what's happening in our lives. God, teach us how to follow Jesus uh, in times where there is this dissonance, where there uh, things just feel and seem wrong. Teach us, God, how to follow you in that. Teach us how to lean into you when we are suffering and going through times of trial. And God, we pray that you will have your way in our lives. I pray this in Christ's name and for your glory. Amen. Thanks, Gary. I love that part that you were sharing um, about, you know, when all this disappointment happened with Moses and the people and they were really frustrated that Moses returned to the Lord. And I just think that's such a great example for us. You know, wherever we're at, whether we're feeling disappointment 
or whether we're in a good season or whether we're in a season of I don't really know what's next, if we keep returning to the Lord, he'll show us the next step. And I just thought that was so good. So thank you for sharing this morning. Well, I am so glad you guys are here. Good to see your faces today. Um, Well, here at SBC, uh, one of our values is we really want to see people loving God and loving people. I mean, that's really what shows that we're following Jesus. And one of the ways that we do that is in connecting with others. And there's a couple ways you can connect. One is in a small group. Um, If you go visit our SVC app, you can see the groups that are currently meeting. We have some that are meeting. We have a few that are on break. But um, we do have some groups that are still meeting. So I want to encourage you, um, get connected. There's something about meeting together on a weekly basis and really building friendships and um, connecting with others that's so good for us spiritually. Another way to connect is um, serving, and there are so many great opportunities to serve in the church. And what's so cool is, you know, we're all different, and we need that in the church. It's like there's so many different ways to serve. You know, whatever you're good at, you can do it for God. You can do it for God in the church. So I just want to encourage you, you know, whether it's worship team, coffee ministry, children's ministry, multimedia, refreshments, greeting, You know, whatever is kind of your thing that you're good at, I just want to encourage you to find an opportunity to do that by serving God in the church. Um, And again, if you visit our app, there's different ways you can serve, and we just want to encourage you to plug in there. Um, Also this week, uh, Pastor Matt is going to be doing our Coffee with the Pastor this Wednesday. And it'll be Wednesday at 4 o'clock at at Journey Coffee here in Fairfield on Chadbourne Road. And basically, you know, the purpose of this, if, you're, if you want to connect and find out more about the church, if you want to find out a little bit more about what we're about, or just about um, getting to know Matt, um, Gary and I are going to be in Montana, so Gary won't be there this week. And uh, Matt and Carolyn are actually at a marriage conference this weekend, a weekend to remember, so we hope they're having a fantastic time. Um, and but he will be there Wednesday, 4 o'clock. Journey Coffee in Fairfield, so I hope you will come. And if you have a friend who's like, yeah, I kind of want to find out a little bit more about what you guys are about, you know, invite him to, for a cup of coffee. And um, at this time, we're going to worship God with our giving. And um, I love this verse in Malachi uh, where the Lord says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room for it. And what I love about this verse is that when we give to God what he tells us to give, whether it's tithing 10% or whatever God is telling you to give to building his kingdom, when we do that, there is a blessing that there is, he provides and he meets our needs. And, and it's worshiping God and doing that. Because what it's saying is, God, I trust you more than this. And there's something really special that happens when we worship God with our giving. So there's several ways that you can give. One is you can visit our website, salonavalley.org. You can tap the Give button on our SVC phone app. You can send a check to 1307 Oliver Road, Fairfield, California, 94534. You can text the word GIVE to 707-883-3019. 
And if you're here in person, which it's so great seeing you guys, um, you can place your offering. There's a little silver mail slot in the back behind the sound booth, and you can just put your offering right in there. And so thank you for your generosity and giving to the Lord this morning. So, Jason, I will hand it over to you. Absolutely. I was over here thinking, Matt's going to be at coffee at 4 o'clock on Wednesday. I should go have coffee with Matt. That yeah, like, I mean, yeah, come on yeah. now. Come on now. That's a good time. It's a good, any time to have coffee with Matt. Uh, why don't we just stand up, stand up as we close up this morning? Nothing can separate, even if I ran away. Your love never fails. I know I still make mistakes. You have new mercies for me every day. Your love never fails. You stay the same through the ages Cause your love never changes There may be pain in the night But joy comes in the morning When when the oceans rage I don't have to be afraid Because I know that you love me Cause your love never fails The wind is strong and the water's deep But I'm not alone here in these open seas Cause your love never fails The chasm is far too wide. Well, I never thought I'd reach the other side. Cause your love never fails. I sing it out, you stay. You stay the same through the ages. Cause your love never changes. There may be pain in the night. But joy comes in the morning When when the oceans rage I don't have to be afraid Because I know that you love me Cause your love never fails Sing, you make all things you make all things work together for my good. God, you make all things work together for my good. God, you make all things work together for my good. God, you make all things Work together for my good. You stay the same through the ages. Cause your love never 
chest. There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Well, when the oceans rage, I don't have to be afraid, because I know that you love me, because your love never fails. Yes, your love never fails. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, you have a great week.